What a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the villain Marty Scurll and you are listening to Behind, no sorry, what was it? Me and my friend Mark, we're gonna stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to Behind the Gorilla. We've been away for a little while. Uh, we're coming back because it's WrestleMania. We're recording this very late at night. Night two mm. of WrestleMania has just happened. We're going to try and power through this as best we can. It, but, you know, we'll see. This is going to be Harris's show. I half paid attention night one and half paid attention night two. So Harris will, will take the reins for this episode and I will chime in with that was dumb or that was cool. <laughs> As we go through the matches and uh, try and try and help however I can. But that's what we're doing for the show. We're going to try and go through both nights as quickly as possible. Knowing me and Harris, that means it'll be we might get in under four hours or so. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> I, I might say, I might just as... leave here and just go straight to work. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's not going to fly for me. Like work is starting to slow down, but yeah. I still have some stuff I got to do tomorrow. And as we record... It is currently twelve fifteen in the morning my time. So yeah, that's one thing I like about being Mountain Time, man. That's although for me ten thirty ten thirteen is like my bedtime. So right. Oh yeah, no, we're past my bedtime. So yeah. we're gonna try to we're gonna try to do this. This, this is gonna be a little bit of a high level thing. The thing about WrestleMania being so big these days is that it's impossible to really absorb everything. I'm really yes, glad. Yes. We'll start with this. I'm really psyched that they split it into two nights I still uh, because hate it. that that enables like me and I think a lot of people to say, hey, wow, this was a really great show at the end of night one and then come <laughs> into night two. Like sure, the thing about it. WrestleMania being like seven hours long and one big event in the past is even if the first three hours are great. If the last four hours are mediocre, everyone's like, oh, that WrestleMania kind of sucked, True. which is not really fair. And this was a really – oh, this was a really bipolar show, Mark. I think, in my opinion, uh, night one was – I got was whiplash from this WrestleMania. Phenomenal. Whiplash like your Sasha Banks, dude. Absolutely <laughs> – from a five foot long ponytail that was see like that's that one reason phenomenal. that's like, I, I i i hate that so much oh dude listen so okay stupid. hang on we'll we'll get to that match when we get to it all right i just want to say from a high level first of all night one i think was genuinely a phenomenal show and part of that was hey it's the first night back with the crowd we yeah that was a, a big factor off air and like even the rain delay was fun because you're like, yes, this is why I like wrestling because you're live on air. It's live, pal, as they say, and you can't edit out the rain delay. So you've just got to make it work. You've got all the wrestlers in the building. You've got all the talent, all the production, all the fans, all the bells and whistles, and you can't do anything for an hour. So you've just got to make it work. Like even that, even that delay was fun and it was exciting to have everybody back 
because for the first time in a year, like you were in a position where a rain delay could affect the show, you know, and that was really fun. I feel like everything that happened all night one was like really fun. And even the matches that didn't have that like super high stakes built in were really good from like a work rate perspective and just kind of a meta perspective. And tonight they put like all of the really questionable, really weird booking decisions. Yeah. I did not care nearly as much for night two, but the main events of both shows were just absolute bangers. And I was really psyched with both of them. I'm trying to find a clean list of all the events somewhere. And it's really hard. Here we go. No, no, no. CBS has a good one. Okay. I've got a good one too. I found, I was scrolling through Wikipedia and I went straight to the bottom. So I guess we'll just, since I'm kind of running this one, we'll kind of go match by match. I'll give my thoughts. If I have them, Mark, obviously chime in. Um, (laughs) So we opened up night one with the WWE title match. (laughs) When we've done this in the past, it's been like, the big one I can think of is one year they opened with Seth Rollins fighting Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And he beat him in like five minutes, took the title and ran. And that was a great like kickstart to the show because at that point, everybody was tired of Brock Lesnar. People have always been, I think, a little hit or miss on babyface Seth Rollins, but people were into that. Sure. So it was a great way to get the show kicked off with a bang. So I thought, oh, perfect. They're going to give Drew McIntyre his moment in front of all the fans that he didn't get to have last year because Bobby Lashley is a big beefy boy, but nobody actually cares about him or is interested in him at all. And then he won the match. Yeah. So Poor Drew, man, all I could, okay. I, all I could think about at the end of tonight's show with, with Roman, all I could think of was poor Drew. This was supposed to be mm. him last year. Yeah. Felt bad for him, man. I did too. I mean, and I was, I was talking to a friend of mine who doesn't watch wrestling as that other match ended. And I literally, you know, like broke off in conversation because I had called a friend of mine to catch up during this match because I was so sure, Oh, well, this will be like the drew spot where Mm -hmm. he gets to win the title again. Mm -hmm. And then he lost. And I was like, Whoa, I can't believe they just had him lose. But you know, it was, they tried to protect him. It wasn't like he looked like a schmuck. Like they did some stupid hurt business distraction with MVP. Sure. And then they did like sort of the stone cold esque thing where he gets put in Bobby Lashley's submission, hold the hurt lock and doesn't, he doesn't tap out. He just passes out. Wow, which, this is such an overused booking, spot in the past few years. It's, 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 it's used just too much. I think I, I don't think they've done it like at a stage this big in a while. Have they? Yeah, but I, I just feel like that. it happens every like, mm. like at the time. Again, like you always say, the Stone Cold spot. Again, that was like the first time it happened. Yeah. Like, and now I just feel like it happens a lot because it's easy. It's easy to protect people with, so that's why yeah. they do it. And I'm just like, yeah, just have them lose, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It just kind of bugs me. I again, I get it, but it's lost oomph at least for me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I it, it was weird that he lost. If you're going to have him lose, I guess like they're going to keep feuding. I mean, I, I get the idea because like Bobby Lashley actually having something to do for the first time in like three years, like he's a great heel champion to kind of hold down that brand for a while. I get all that. I was just kind of I, I was surprised that they didn't give Drew one moment at WrestleMania. But I'll yeah. be honest, it was hard for me to get 
super emotionally invested because at least he got to have the first moment back and the first entrance and the first True. live. True. Whatever. I don't have a ton of strong feelings about this other than, huh? Okay, so they went with that, huh? That That's about it. Um, The order... Okay, this is not the order the match is aired in, I don't think. I have the but order the, the next match is aired in. Okay, well, what's so the next here, one? The that next aired? one was the women's... Uh, oh, was it really? The big tag oh, okay. match thing. Like the Maybe I do have Tag team turmoil. Yeah. Okay, the I guess I do have the name. Then. Never mind. Yeah, it was a little weird. I appreciated that they at least, like, staggered it. I thought it was going to be a big, like, multi person rumble every you, you know they do that thing with a lot of women's matches where yeah. like every woman comes to the ring at once because they mm-hmm. don't have time to give them all interests and i like that they at least tried to space it out a little bit that being said mark i gotta say like of all of the people in this match they gave the win to the only two people that like i just didn't care about at all i was thinking <laughs> i was ready to see the riot squad get a little bit of a push here yeah, I like Liv Morgan. I think Ruby Riot's really good. They're colorful and weird, and would have been a fun challenge for Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. That didn't yeah. happen. They gave it to Natalia. They gave it to the veterans, right? Yeah. They gave it to Natalia and Tamina, who are—I don't know enough about Tamina to have anything resembling an opinion. Natalia's good. <laughs> I've never been excited about her, but she's always some. Yeah, and like more power to her. So like, I get it. But like, two matches in. I don't really care that much about either of the things that have happened. And I think this is kind of a mediocre show from here on out. I think night one was better than it had any right to be. So the next match I have on my list here, this is Cesaro and Seth Rollins. I'm just going to pause real quick. Yeah. This is my favorite match of both nights. It was real good. This is my favorite match, but like by far, like it, it was, it was, and we'll talk about this a little bit when we get to night two, but like, for having nothing on the line, I think this was easily like if it wasn't my favorite match, it was easily, easily the best. Like because this had a real we... wrestling stakes match. Mm. Like it wasn't. Mm. Oh, it has to be the title, or it has to be no. It was because Cesaro hasn't gotten a chance to do this. Like the storytelling yeah. was the best storytelling of any match. I thought maybe on the whole show, and it wasn't even for a title or anything like that. That's why it was so impressive. Totally agree. Exactly. And that's the thing, like, because this happens every WrestleMania, right? And, like, every WrestleMania, I rewatch a few of them, and there's always a lot of matches that are just, like, kind of thrown together. And there's always a few that exceed any, like, expectations you could have reasonably had. But this is one of them, where, like, it's not for the title, it's not for any weirdly personal feud. Mm-hmm. It's just Seth Rollins being a prick. Yeah. And Cesaro being a great wrestler who's never quite gotten the chance to shine in a one-on-one match at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And for that, like they just they knocked it out of the park. It was awesome. And I've never been a huge Cesaro fan. Like I I get that he's good. I've always got that he's good, but I've never like really rooted for him, but they I've made always, him I've so easy to root Cesaro. for tonight. I've always and been I had a, a big fan. Yeah. I had a blast watching this match. I thought it was really fun. I think Seth Rollins did a great job as the, you know, as the over-the-top heel. I think he yeah. was really easy to root against. While he always still being is. like a great wrestler, you know, and being able to get the most out of Cesaro. Right. The swing spot was really fun, and I like that they leaned into that. That was such a great touch for something that didn't have much build. The fact that it's just, it's the simplest thing in the world, but they had Cesaro give Seth the swings 
a week ago on SmackDown. Right. And Seth was like, no, stop it. Don't do that. That's embarrassing. Stop showing that video. And that just makes you want to see him do it again mm-hmm. even more. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. And it worked. I really, really enjoyed this. It, it I, was, I agree. It was great, man. It, it, everything about it was so much fun. It was pure wrestling. Like, it was the most pure wrestling anything on the whole two nights like where you're like this th- this could have been a match everything about it could have been a match 10 20 years ago like 30 years ago That's... this could have been that like it was just pure wrestling yeah and That's i, really I love it and it with two guys who could work uh that like it's so okay one thing look obviously and i'm not gonna speak for harris but aew <laughs> through and through been done with wwe for a long time now and uh but when i do watch wwe shows it is refreshing that kicking out of finishing moves is a big deal that's the one big thing AEW is absolutely horrible with it's one of their biggest flaws for me and uh with wwe they they don't do that like even like big shows you'll have people kick out of finishers but again, it's usually only on big shows, and it's usually with weight behind it. Like, like the person who does the move is like in shock. Like it's a big deal when it happens, mm-hmm. and so it's just refreshing to see that. And they did it in that match. They did a couple of spots, and they don't overdo it. It never happened. It usually doesn't happen more than once. And uh, so that's one props I will definitely give to, to, yeah. to WWE. And they they had a couple of good false finish spots in that match yeah yeah absolutely and then like i remember as a a getting into wrestling in 2014 and thinking like cesaro's swings thing was really stupid (laughs) so congratulations to them for winning me over and being like yeah this is a good (laughs) wrestlemania moment to see him get him up again and go for the swings and the crowd's counting and Michael Cole's counting, and the count doesn't line up because the crowd just kind of counts seconds instead mm-hmm. of full rotations. I don't care. I enjoyed all of that. I'm not going to lie. really, I really good. I liked the uh, Cesaro spins Seth Rollins around the back of his neck with no hands better. That's just that awesome. awesome. That's that so awesome. Really, really good. Because <laughs> that, one, that one feels more like a taunt than the swing somehow, yep. but it was mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. It was really, really good. And I... I don't think they're going to give Cesaro anything resembling a main event push, yeah, but I don't either, I'd watch it. I, I would enjoy it. And that, if nothing else, too. is the sign of a great, like, we both agreed this was a great match, but I think the sign of any great mid-card WrestleMania match is you want to see these guys go on to do bigger and better things in the next mm-hmm. year. And hopefully they do. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but this was a really, really great match. So then moving on. Another match I liked. Okay, good. So AJ and almost, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, Oh, Omos, 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 whatever, dude. So here's the he, thing. He's 12 feet tall and he shouldn't is. be allowed in the ring because he's going to kill everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's the thing about this. I don't understand. We talked about this a little bit off the air. I heard some other people talk about this, too. But, like, I don't understand why AJ's in a tag team with this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, why AJ's in a tag feud at all. Mm-mm. AJ Styles is like – somebody else pointed this out. They're like – AJ Styles is at the level of like prestige and respect as a wrestler that he mm-hmm. can have a singles match with anyone at WrestleMania every year. Yep. And it will be a big He's deal Shawn just Michaels. for that. He is Shawn Michaels get, for right yes, now. He that is who great, he is. That's a great way to put it. 
So it's weird that they're like, no, he's in a really like gimmicky tag team. Yeah. But dadgummit, if this wasn't the best possible <laughs> tag team combination we could possibly get mm-hmm. before we even get to the big fella. And that's how, I good, just that, say, that's how good this guy is. AJ Styles well, is the this- best wrestler in the world. I don't care what anybody says. I, I honestly think about, he is. He's phenomenal. But so here's the thing. He is too. phenomenal. They're playing off the New Day, who did a fantastic job in this match mm-hmm. as the like okay, come on, you guys, this is clearly a gimmick. We're an actual <laughs> tag team. To the point where when they're beating up on AJ Styles, they're narrating what they're doing. And Xavier Woods is like, we are now geometrically cutting the ring in half, AJ. This is what we're <laughs> see, you don't understand this because you're not a tag team wrestler, but this is what they were doing. That was so good. Mm-hmm. That's like the little things that would be so easy to overlook. But just the fact that like one, it's hilarious. But two, they're giving that wink and a nod. They're furthering the story by saying, look, it, it doesn't matter. You're not going to win because we're tag team wrestlers. Yep. And you guys are not actually a tag team. So and AJ is just so perfect for this. Not that he has a history of like a lot of tag team wrestling. But if you need the guy to take all the heat and then make the hot tag, he's one of the most perfect wrestlers to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he tags in almost who is 12 feet tall. Like you said, <laughs> sells so nothing. He's so big, stupid big, right? Like there's a handful of wrestlers in history who like threatened to break the sport because they could almost lie down and like stretch from rope to rope. And yep. it just doesn't make any sense at all. That they're allowed to compete. <laughs> but then he just came in and he just annihilated them. And then, like, I mean, I'm not going to go through this blow for blow, but just, like, the, the dynamic of AJ getting beat up, tagging this guy in, he just annihilates everyone. And then they've won the belt, and AJ Styles is literally <laughs> running in circles around him. That was when I was like, all right, I'm in. Like, let's see yep. if he's got, like, let him go. Let's it's, go. It's great. It is. Like, and again, I, there's, I just, there's no future for this guy. There, there's just not. I, you, you, you can't, it just doesn't work in this day and age anymore. Like, you know, back in the 70s when Andre the Giant came around, like, that worked back then. It, it, it just doesn't quite work, but AJ Styles is good enough that he can distract from that and get everybody on board and and then make it work. Like, he's just that good where he can make anything work. He can get anybody over. And that's exactly what's going on. So I, I'm with you, man. I'm in. It, it's, it was fun. Yeah. And, and I like that they didn't they didn't uh, wimp out with Omos like especially because it was WrestleMania you're like all right well where's the moment where they both hit the double drop kick and finally knock him down you know like they didn't do that like nope yeah it was just it was a squash he's coming out he's they're literally bouncing off of him and he is gonna pin him with one foot like (laughs) I was like wow they did that good good for them like it's 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 refreshing seeing stuff sold kind of like that. Like it's kind of nice. And you know, obviously with someone like him, it works perfectly. So I, I like that. And I like it for AJ. I like AJ. It's, it's, it's a great heel thing to have the guy, you know, is the best hide behind someone. Yeah. Like it's just, it, that. that's why Ric Flair was the best heel of all time because he was the greatest wrestler in the world. And he always cheated to win and hid behind other people. 
So it's just yeah. that much more frustrating. It's like, you didn't even have to do that. Like, it, it, it has exactly. that element, which is great. I think there was at one point, and this is the last thing I'll say on this match, after they won, like, almost picked up AJ Styles on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like, AJ Styles was the kid, even though this was almost his first ever match, and AJ Styles is, like, a 20-year veteran at this point. (laughs) And that was just the most sublime, like, heel thing I've ever seen. Where AJ's like, we did it! He's like, you didn't do anything. (laughs) Perfect. It's it's very, very good. Again, I don't understand why this is what they're doing with him, but Mm -hmm. they're making it work. This was better than it had any right to be, and I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. So, speaking of better than it had any right to be okay i did not watch this match now i have wrestlemania on right now and i just went through this cage match but i did not watch this match at all yesterday so i'm not the expert of on this one to me it was shane mcmahon gets thrown off a cage again and that's the match i didn't care anything about any of this leading into it this was a very I don't say this in a judgmental way, just in an I don't care about it way. Mm -hmm. But this was a very transparently like, hey, this is a feud for the for the kids watching because like Shane kept making fun of Braun Strowman and calling him stupid. Mm -hmm. And Braun Strowman was like, I'm going to win this match for anyone who's ever been called stupid. And you're just like, (laughs) hey, like. This is probably great for some 11-year-old out there, but it's hard for me to get super psyched about it. But, like, it was exactly what it should be. It was 11 minutes long. They knew exactly what they were going to do. They hit the beats. They got out. And there were one or two, like, really great turns where, like, they they honestly – I think my low expectations were rewarded because they surpassed them. You know? They did Mm -hmm. a great job, like – so I'm just I'm going to skip to about nine minutes and Shane has cleared the top of the cage is on the outside and is in that classic wrestling position where if you just let go of the cage and like fell to your death, mm-hmm. you would win the match. Right. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, you got to let go. You got to let go. And I was thinking, oh, they're going to do some sort of thing where like Braun grabs him <laughs> and then gets him up at the top and then says, I'm not finished with you and then throws him. And mm-hmm. I genuinely thought they were like, they're going to have Shane get thrown off the cage. Right. But then win on a technicality because he right. escaped the cage first. And instead, what happens is Shane sticks his hand through the cage and says, bye bye. Braun grabs his hand, starts to pull his arm back through the cage and then looks up and rips the wall off of the cage, pulls mm-hmm. Shane back into the cage and then slams him to the ground. And that was such a great like twist on my own expectations and then such a great monster moment for braun because like we've seen cages get broken Mm. but braun kind of did that thing where it was just it was executed perfectly to where you see him grab shane you see the wheels turning and then i say out loud oh just rip it open and then he does it like two seconds after you think for him to do it Mm mm-hmm and then he and, and then he does, and then Shane has his crazy Shane McMahon bump where he falls like thirty feet flat onto his back. Right, because the guy is just a moron. Exactly. Oh, he's insane. It was really, really fun. I didn't care a thing about this match and the build heading into it. I think I literally said on Twitter, I don't care about this match, but I respect whatever Shane McMahon is about to do to try to get us to respect him. <laughs> and there were just there were a few beats where they really put Braun over big. They made him look smart. Somebody actually pointed out that he has lost steel cage matches 
by throwing people out of them before. Mm. So it's a great turn for him to be like, no, 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 no. I know what to do now. I, I really enjoyed this match. This was really solid for not caring anything about it coming into it. The build was probably kind of stupid. It was real fun. It was better than it had all any right. right to be. All right, all right, Harris. I'm just wanna, yeah. I just want to stop you there because I think that's a perfect segue yep. into the next match. Talk perfect. about a match that was way better than anything it had any Dude. right to be. The tag match with Damian Priest, who I forgot even existed, and I don't know anything about. I vaguely remember when he came through NXT. With Bad Bunny versus Miz and Morrison. Now, Harris, I'm, I've, I, I feel like I am more sympathetic to wrestling companies when they do the celebrity stuff than most of the internet wrestling morons. Because I get it. Do I care? No. No. But I understand. Like, I totally get it. And when it's not done for the title or something, you know, dumb like that, other than David Arquette, which was the greatest moment in wrestling history. Um, But right. any other examples, it, you know, it, it, it's fine. Like, it's harmless. Like, why not? Like, and again, every now and then, something happens. Like, a couple weeks ago with Shaq and AEW. That was one of the worst, most wasted builds of anything I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> AEW is awful at building their celebrity stuff. They are the worst. Type, they're worse than TNA. Like I've never seen a company just fail with their buildups to celebrity guests. But that match was incredible. Like it was awesome. Shaq was great. Like everything about it was awesome. And that's exactly the case with this match. You talk about one of the most dedicated celebrity matches like celebrity performers i've ever seen in a wrestling match it was amazing man this this guy bad bunny who i never even heard of before before <laughs> right? all this stuff kind of happened because i don't really listen to popular music all that much anyway and uh this dude put so much into this and was so good at selling this is one of the best I've ever seen. Now, could he do the moves? No, not really. But but his selling was so good. Like, he was incredible. He couldn't throw a punch to save his life. But, like, like he had some of the most believable selling of the entire show. And, and you also... It, 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 I don't know why celebrities don't tap into that more. Because it works. Because in our minds, we're thinking he's not a wrestler. So we what? have even more sympathy when they sell like that, because the moves feel like they hurt more when, you, when you're not a wrestler. And he tapped into that better than maybe I've ever seen anyone do before. And just put on... Again, my favorite match was Cesaro and Seth Rollins, but this was number two, and it was close. Because this was great. Yeah. And I haven't even talked about how great Miz Dude, and Morrison you, are. I was going to say, you talk about your selling like a million bucks and it just everybody i think at this point respects the miz but yeah. i think i would venture to say at this point the miz is still underrated i agree because he like he is the person who you say hey we've got this pop star go who's make yourself look like an idiot center. and not and not ruin your right your status and he's able to do that somehow we, we've got this pop star who's been training at the performance center for two weeks you're going to go out there in front of the first live crowd we've had in 13 months and you're going to make him look like a million dollars and then they and then he does yeah like and, and, and that and, and he's able to do it like i said without completely cutting the legs off of his own character 
Yes, like, absolutely. And now, now part of it is is his character is goofy enough where you can kind of get away with that. So that's definitely part of it that helps. Mm-hmm. But he's mm-hmm. also just Ric Flair was someone who could do that. Ric Flair, yeah, could wrestle anybody. L- literally, they they say wrestle a broomstick, but it's true. Like he could literally, you could send a, you know, whatever. And, and obviously, Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega is another one who's literally done that. Literally right. has wrestled inanimate objects and twelve year old girls. And like, you know, and it's that's one of the rarest things in wrestling. And that's the true sign of the greatest of all time are the ones who can do that. And Miz has never lumped in with those people. And he should be. And I hope he is now after his performance last night. Yeah. You talk about like you mentioned, like Cesaro and Seth Rollins could have had that match 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago. And it would have been a great match. Yep. If the Miz was wrestling 30 years ago, he'd be like one of the most hated world champions out there. Or, you know, mm-hmm. like he'd just be, he'd be getting death threats in yep. some regional promotion somewhere. And, and it's, I don't know. I mean, like I still, I, I, I will still root against him when he's on my television, but he is such a good performer. And I've been a Miz fan for 12 years. I, yeah, I, I was a Miz yeah. fan way before anybody else was a Miz fan. Yeah. So, but and, all of them just knocked this out of the park from the over yep. the top entrance and all the bunnies and Booker T on commentary. Bunny, everything bunny was destroyer. great. I mean, that's the thing. If you can sell a Canadian destroyer for a pop star like Morrison. Oh, my word. You're... Hall of Fame. That was just <laughs> it, it was. a. I don't have that much else to say about this match, but it was phenomenal. Shouts out to everyone. Involved. And it was like, fun. Like it was so it was much so fun. fun. And the crowd got it like. They won everyone over, and everyone was just having a yeah. great time. Watch Bad Bunny; like his charisma was off the charts. He like got it, playing dude. to he the understands. crowd, like he did. He gets it, and it's so rare. It's so rare for a celebrity or some or a guest to really mm-hmm. get wrestling, mm-hmm. even if they're a fan. Like it's just it's a different level, and and he gets wrestling, and it was it was awesome. Like I would like to see yeah. him again. Like I'd like to see him wrestle more. Like it was, yeah. it was that much fun. They say, um, this is the last thing I'll say about this match. They say that he is, you know, he, he's from Puerto Rico. He does a lot of the like reggae and Hispanic music. And he grew up a huge fan of Lucha Libre, mm-hmm. which is why he took to this so well. And like, yeah. took the time to go to the performance center and like work on all this stuff. So yeah, man. Shouts out to him. This was a phenomenal celebrity spot. Really, yeah. really enjoyed it. And, and so it, it, it's one of the best ever. I think easily yeah, one of the best I of agree. all time. And uh, it's like him. It, it was like Stephen Amell. Love, like Stephen Amell is the only yeah. other one I can think of who was actually like in a match and was able to pull it off. And I can't really think of anyone who like was in this level of a match, like a full match. As right. far as well, celebrity the only, goes. The only other person that comes to mind for me is almost is is cheating because it's Ronda Rousey and she went on sure. to have okay, like a yeah. full time run as an mm-hmm. actual wrestler. You know what I mean? Right. Like she, so that's a little that's not different. even fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I would not say that's the same because she actually did a full time. She was she was right. a full time wrestler. So I think exactly. That's, but but as far as like the quickness, sure, because she she had it right away. Exactly. Um, that's definitely true. But but uh, yes. Yeah, it was it was great. It, it was awesome. I was yeah. man. Now that makes me want to go watch that Stephen Amell Christopher Daniels match from all from all in again. <laughs> that was a, that was incredible. That was such a great match. 
props. I mean, that's just a shout out to Christopher Daniels. So he's one of the greatest of all time. But and then that, then that Stephen Amell has that uh, wrestling show that they just finished. That mm-hmm. I don't know when it's going to air. Sometime this year, maybe next year. That heels show on show or on Stars. I think it's going to yeah. be set in Georgia, like a local wrestling promotion in Georgia. That show is going to be great. I can't wait. Oh, cool. Yeah. I knew he was working on that. I didn't know it was set in Georgia. Well, yeah, now I'm excited. Well, they filmed it, obviously, cool. in, all in Georgia. And, yeah, it's set in, like, right. you know, South Georgia at this, re- you know, it's this regional Sweet. wrestling promotion or whatever. Excellent. So All right, cool. Yeah, it's him and uh, the guy from uh, the guy from the Hunger Games. Um, the guy who played Kato in the Hunger Games. Mm. That guy. He was in that uh, Bad Boys for Life movie, too. It's like, Al- his name's Alexander something. Anyway, you probably, probably recognize them, but I think yeah. they're the main star. They're like a tag okay. team. They're like the main main stars, but anyway. Okay. Um, Good for them. All right, so now, I'm sorry, I, I missed this main event as well. So, okay, well, here, just that's and everyone fine. Everyone just... talks about it. I've never been a Bianca Belair fan. I respect mm-hmm. her. It's fine. Just never been a big fan. I do like Sasha Banks. I, I did miss this match and it didn't get a chance. I re I did go back earlier today and was able to rewatch a few that I had missed, but I, I didn't get a chance to watch this one. So everyone's been talking about it and praising it. So I got to watch it at some point, but yep. uh, all right, Harris, I'll let you, okay. You describe this match. So we'll see how I feel as we get to night two and, and what I think my match of the night might be everything. Uh, almost everything on night one was a real banger, but we talk a little bit about like, oh, you know, like Seth Rollins makes Cesaro look like a million bucks. And Miz and Morrison really make like Bad Bunny and Damian Priest look like a million bucks. Yeah. It is so cliche among like smarky wrestling fans to say like, oh, Sasha Banks is one of the best in the world. But like genuinely, I thought of as this match was getting set up, I'm thinking to myself and the the match itself just confirms this. I don't think there's a person on this planet that I want headlining my wrestling show as the badass heel holding the belt other than Sasha Banks. She is untouchable in that role. She is oh, genuinely great. one of the best, if not I hes- like genuinely the best wrestler in the world when it comes to playing that role. I don't think there's anybody else who can bring that level of swagger and confidence and here's the trick right this is what sasha banks does that charlotte flair is very good at a pro wrestler you know she's good Mm -hmm. at her job sasha banks does something that charlotte flair can never do which is get the crap kicked out of her and have it be believable that is that rick flair piece like you were talking about that charlotte can never imitate because unlike rick flair she always looks like she should be the favorite in yeah. every match. Yeah. Sasha Banks can go out there and you can look at Bianca Belair and say, well, of course, like, look at her. She's, you know, she's an Amazon. She's tall. She's jacked. She's strong. She's cocky. Like she's going to wipe the floor with this woman. And Sasha Banks, especially in that role as the heel champion, can just pick her down and pick her down and pick her down and wear on her and get the crap kicked out of her for half the match and still make you think she's going to win because she just has this meanness to her that you can't find in every other wrestler. Mark, I think this was my match of the show uh, of both nights. Mm -hmm. It was just perfect. And I'm not, 
I'm not a mark for Bianca Belair. Like I like her and I get I get the appeal and I was, you know, like, yeah, I'll cheer for her. I'm not a mark for Bianca Belair the way I'm a mark for like Roman Reigns or Bailey or, you know, like Daniel Bryan. I don't have that level of emotional investment, but the story they told and the way they both played those roles and the way like because, again, I, I think like every wrestler to a certain extent can do like, oh, I'm big and I'm strong and golly gee, I just want to go win. But it takes someone really special to play that detestable heel that you want to see the crap get kicked out of them. And they deliver for most of the match, but they still make you think they're going to win. And the, like, it, I won't talk about this too much more because obviously it's late and we're pressed for time. But the way they use like I, I know you hate the hair gimmick, right? Like I we do. talked about how silly that is. Literally the, just grab it, tie it in a knot in the ring the, rope, the, and then you beat the crap out of her. It's the stupid. way that they use that though. The way that they, cause somebody like some people pointed this out. Like when she first debuted in NXT, Bianca Belair used that as a gimmick yep. in every match. Yeah. And it's she awful. Whips that's why I still, it. that's part of the reason why I never liked her in every match. Right. And it's a, like, it's a little over the top, right? Especially if you're like, Oh, well, why don't they just do X, Y, or Z with the hair? Like that's such an obvious advantage. Well, in this match, like not only does she not like, she doesn't toy with it. She doesn't use it as a weapon. Sasha Banks does exactly what you would think she would do. And when she's about to lock in the bank statement, like two thirds of the way through the match at a really, I'm literally watching Sasha Banks get whipped with her hair and now selling it. Like she just got killed. No, dude, 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 don't talk about that spot until you've watched the match. But let me talk about this first. She, so she gets the bank statement in, which is a phenomenal like moment of oh, high yeah. tension in any Sasha Banks match. But she stops, grabs the hair and starts and, and incorporates that into the bank statement and is now choking her out nice. in the middle of the ring with her own hair. And that's the first time in that match that the hair comes into play at all and it's perfect and the entire time after like especially right there but from then on in sasha is the one who's using that she's like oh okay dummy you're gonna braid your hair into this five foot like what you know whatever yeah she uses it against her like two or three times and no time more prominently than that one bank statement but that's a phenomenal spot and again you talk about like that moment where it's it's shot and it's performed perfectly where you see it in front of you. You say, well, why doesn't she just and then she does. Yeah. That's exactly how it plays out. Well, and it's good. an awesome spot. It's on par with. And I'm, I, you know how much of a mark I am for this in the Bailey match where Bailey's hand is taped up. Sasha mm-hmm. locks her in the bank statement and then rolls over and smashes her broken hand with her foot. Yeah. While keeping her locked in the bank statement, it's that same level of like, this is already a deadly, potentially match ending situation that Sasha Banks has found an, a way to take to an, another level. Yeah, she's genuinely one of the best to ever do it. And in sure. any situation oh, yeah. where you need to have a heel champion, she's perfect. She's absolutely incredible. And then. And that's the thing, like the hair as a gimmick. I think it's fun, but I get why you're like, come on, I can't take that seriously. I totally understand that. Mark, she cracks her with it, and it's after Sasha has exploited it two or three times and at one point attempts to like use it into an Irish whip. Bianca fights back. They counter. 
run at each other and that's when she whips her and only then it's only after she's had it choked on her in the bank statement it's only after she's had it tugged and like used as an opportunity for sasha to stall her offense two or three times and it's not like this it's not like the people's elbow right it's not like a flashy she does that thing where she like kind of skips rope with it in the ring and cracks her with it it's an instinct it's like a dying impulse that she just grabs it and bull whips her with it and mark it's literally like a bull whip and you can see the lash on her side from it it's not like a gimmick or a like I'm trying to think like, it's not like the worm or anything. It's not like a gimmicky finish. <laughs> she cracks her with it. And you can see, if you look at certain pictures, you can see the welt on Sasha's side from it. It's absolutely brutal. It's the perfect payoff to something that can, I will agree with you often be very silly, but the way they play it in this match, it's just not, it was just, it was awesome, dude. All of it was great. And I say that as somebody who, like I said, I'm not a mark for Bianca Belair. I like her. I get why other people like her. I was more than happy to root for her and see her get the win. But the fact that I went to this match and I was like, okay, okay, let's see what I can do. Let's see what they can do. And I'm still ranting about it now, like the way that I am. It was just, it was awesome. It was really, really, really good. And I love that they split this night into two shows specifically because like it has the chance to shine as its own main event in a way that it wouldn't if it was like a big seven hour show it kind Mm -hmm. of would have gotten lost in the shuffle i love that you have to that you get to have two crowning moments because this really deserved it and this was really really the right choice like i know it's kind of annoying to see the wwe title go on first but that if that had main evented the show it wouldn't have been nearly as good this was a proper main event they crushed it. I think Bianca Belair is going to be a real solid champion. She, well, and we'll talk about we'll, we'll talk about the other women's title feud later. But like, you give me Bianca Belair versus Charlotte at SummerSlam, like that's a money match. I, I'm excited to see what happens here. And this was a great way to close what I think, in and of itself, was a phenomenal wrestling show. Now, it's already pretty late, but that's good. Uh, because I don't have nearly as much to say about night two, fr- frankly. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I watched it. I wasn't not into it. I, I did pay more attention to night two than I did night one. That was your mistake, buddy. You got to go back and watch night one and just. I've, I have. Like I, 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 <laughs> I went. I watched most of the stuff I missed today. The only one that I missed was the the main event. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, <sighs> oh man. So yeah, yeah, let's just let's just get this over with. Um, it was like so. Hang on, let me just. It it was like I think NXT's kind of fallen off since they put it on network television on a Wednesday night. But it was like they let Triple H book night one and Vince McMahon book night two. That's, ooh, that's what a good it way to put it. Like. That's a good way to put it. I, I will say I I kind of enjoyed um I enjoyed watching night two because I I was watching this with someone who's not a wrestling fan but watched like mm-hmm. ten years ago. And so that's always fun because Mm -hmm. they like react to different things. Absolutely. And so, and it's even better if they are like a former fan than if they just never have seen any, anything. So it's uh, like, so they'll react to certain, like when Natalia and Tamino were wrestling, she's like, Oh, I I know. I remember both of them, like stuff like that. So it's just, (laughs) it's just, it's, it was, it was a different level of 
kind of amusement during some of these matches that otherwise would have been just a schlog. So yep. that that helped a little bit with some of it, but it didn't help with all of it. Um, let's just start off with what what the hell was this opening match? So- Harris, what, what, okay, what the hell? Mark, you're gonna you're gonna think this is really funny. Oh, it's gonna be this his favorite the match of the night. Oh my gosh! It, no, it wasn't. It wasn't okay, good. But this was like, if not my favorite, the thing that I was most fine with. Like, it was just here's the thing. Blah. It was so no, and they've uh, right. So they like <laughs> the core of this could be really fun because it's kind of in that Undertaker vein of like Randy Orton burned the scene alive like I don't know six months ago or whatever and but like and I haven't even had the time to follow it but like even like the recaps and the people that I I rely on to catch me up on wrestling every week have been like look every week Alexa Bliss comes out and does some new dumb supernatural thing Mm -hmm. and Randy Orton acts like he's never seen it before in his life and then they they just tease the fiend, and they've done that for like three consecutive months now. So like everyone was burnt out on it. Everyone was like, "All right, at least the fiend is finally back. He's gonna come out. He's gonna kill Randy Orton, and we're gonna have this fun monster to play with over the summer." Nope. And then they just said, "Nope. You know what we're gonna do? Have after him lose four months after four months of spooky nonsense and distraction finishes." We're going to have some more spooky nonsense and a distraction. And, and not only that, he's going to lose because <sighs> of Alexa Bliss. Like, it makes no... It just, it made it's, no sense. Made the, no sense. The memes, you've seen the memes on Twitter, right? Of It's like, it'll be a guy and a fairly attractive girl, but the guy is like yelling at the girl trying to explain something and she's just completely yeah. like disassociated Mm -hmm. that's what this meme is right because i've seen people post that with like the mythology behind it where he's like no listen so alexa bliss has been corrupted by the fiend but like when the fiend came back fully reincarnated that was when alexa bliss became sister abigail reincarnated and when he went to hit the sister abigail he turned and saw her and recognized that sister abigail was there in the flesh with him and that's why he got distracted and got hit by the RKO to lose the match. It's absolutely insane. I got to be honest. I, I don't hate that part of it that much. I just I don't think care. Just because after seeing Bray Wyatt like try to get distraction finishes or win distraction finishes in so many stupid ways, it's very funny to me for The Fiend to stop mid-match and be like, well, that's not what I expected to see. And then get hit mm-hmm. with an RKO and lose himself. I don't really, I'm not that invested in any of this. Oh, it was a neither. quick match. It was fun nonsense. Alexa Bliss is very good in what she's currently doing. And if she gets the chew scenery <clears throat> with the fiend as sister Abigail for a little while, it's hard for me to be too mad about that. Um, the best part of this match was for sure. Like two thirds of the way through. When Michael Cole was like, yeah, Randy Orton was clearly distracted by that box-like structure. And everyone watching at the same time said, do you mean the box, Michael Cole? Do you mean the literal box at ringside? You absolute loser. Like, why on earth? Oh, that was incredible. I didn't didn't care about this match. I'm fine with what happened. Keep the nonsense rolling. 
whatever. Keep Alexa Bliss and Bray Wyatt on my TV. I, I don't really care. That's fine. All right. Uh, uh, then we had watched, the boring women's tag team match. Barely watched this. I was yeah, watching this I, with some friends. We stepped yeah. outside to kind of talk and catch up. <clears throat> yeah. I watched it through the blinds. I don't care about any of the people in this match is that mean no. to say i like no no they're all either. good at what they do in their individual pieces i don't care about any of them as a tag team nope we can just skip all right done uh um, no, sorry <laughs> was what it was who cares uh okay then we have kevin owens and Sami Zayn with logan paul which was am, am i wrong saying this match was just boring like, no, I love I Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Again, they yeah. have they've had one of the greatest feuds in the past six years of WWE. But I felt nothing for this match. I felt I, nothing. I felt no, no stakes. I felt no tension. And then it was just everything Sami Zayn has done in the past two years. I think is awful, and I just don't care. And I just didn't. I just mm. didn't care about anything in this match. I the most genuinely... exciting part was the end. When you right. knew Logan Paul was going to get stunned, and then he took it in such a horrible way. And, and by horrible, I mean I thought he broke his jaw with the way he took that stunner, and so nice. it looked good. Yeah. And I don't know if it was on purpose or not. I really don't think it was. But I hope he's okay, because he did not, like, stop his momentum and bounce backwards like on 90% of people take stunners. He literally just collapsed right. into his shoulder. So... It was, it looked rough, like, but in a yeah. good way, but it looked, it looked kind of rough. And that was my favorite part. Hmm. Oh, that was definitely my favorite part too. I am genuinely starting to feel really bad for Kevin Owens because this yeah. is like the second or third time that he's come into WrestleMania with like what fans are thinking could low key be the match of the night. And it's just been kind of a non-starter because you're right. Like, it, it, like. And I was watching with two friends of mine who like wrestling and follow it seasonally, right? Like two to three pay-per-views a year. But even they know, and like us especially, we're like, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn can go. Yeah. And like, even if the build to this has been a little weird, I like the conspiracy theory, like at least in the video package, I was like, all right, this is fun. Like, I can see that. This is interesting. Mm -hmm. But just thinking, okay, this could be something really special. And like Kevin Owens has been talking for two years about jumping off this pirate ship. So yeah. that'll be fun yeah. to see what he can do. And then they just have, like, I've got the time up in front of me. They have a nine minute match. Yeah. And that's fine, but far from the best either of them are capable of. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I just feel like they're not really being given a chance and that's no. really annoying. Yep. You know, it, it's a shame. The highlight, I mean, I will, you know, you talk about your guest stars. I will give him credit. Like, Logan Paul might not have trained at the Performance Center for three weeks like yeah. Bad Bunny did or whatever. He clearly understands what's going on oh, here. And he yeah. understands because his role. Because that's the same thing that they do, man. The, the YouTube, yeah. like, it's, it's, it's wrestling. It's, it is. It is it, wrestling. It is. And they're playing and he heels it. and they've done it and they yeah. get it and they know how to do it. And you'll get, I give exactly. them, cra I mean, I don't give a crap about anything they do and I'm not going to watch it. But like, I give them all the credit in the world because it works. Exactly. Well, and that's the thing. And it was, that was interesting to see. And like I told you, like they made, they have shirts on WWE shop right now that say, Logan Paul featuring WrestleMania 37. And you're just like, yeah, like that's it. <laughs> he, he gets it. They get it. They all know what he's doing here. And that was a really great moment. And, and like, you know, you have him like 
kind of playing this fish out of water who just got invited to this wrestling show and he's just kind of hanging out and he's being nice to Sammy because Sammy invited him. But Sammy is also weird and like a terrible person because he's this delusional heel. (laughs) And then he eats the stunner from Kevin Owens and sold it really well in like in a different way. But like it looked, yeah, it was good. It wasn't like a Donald Trump stunner where he just kind of flops. He put some stank on that. And that was when I was like, all right, well, look, like, Here's here's the thing. This is what I said coming into this. Like, I, I don't I don't know anything about Logan or Jake Paul. I don't particularly care. And I think being a wrestling fan kind of helps me in that regard because I'm like, I know if I care, then that means they're winning. Yep. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah. we're not gonna let ourselves get worked by these two kids, even if they are good at what they do. <laughs> but right. but like genuinely, so somebody just statistically speaking like 23 million people subscribe to that guy's youtube channel statistically speaking some of them tuned in to watch wrestlemania tonight because he was on it sure and i just i hope some of them saw something in kevin owens and Sami Zayn that makes them keep watching yeah and that's cool but it's a shame that they didn't have more to work with yep which was kind of a lot to say about a match that was kind of nothing but Mm -hmm. they both deserve a lot better and hopefully the people at wwe know that but Oh boy, Mark! The next three matches, I have almost nothing to say. Oh like, no, no, I do. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. We got it. Uh, the best moment of the whole WrestleMania happened in this next match, the U.S. title match with Riddle and Sheamus, which uh, I didn't realize that they made the United States Championship look retarded. But yeah, it's pretty dumb. It's, it's one of the worst. I mean, all of WWE's designs have pretty much been terrible over the past ten years. Um. Other than maybe like the UK title is cool and uh, that's probably about it. Um, uh, but anyway, this match was not great. It, it was what it was. <laughs> I, I do like how they had, you have two guys who can go for real, like physically go, and they did. Like they beat the yeah. crap out of each yeah. other. Yeah, no, they did. So that was fun. Um, yeah. There was a couple of botches that hurt. Um, that hurt this match, especially that uh, top rope move Seamus was supposed to do and slipped that that <laughs> that hurt um but regardless this had the best moment of the whole wrestlemania because matt riddle comes flying at Seamus or uh, matt riddle does a uh uh springboard moonsault and then Seamus just comes in and just brogue kicks him as he's upside down in midair it was awesome. right in the face and that for was real really good spot. And, and, and completely just exploded his lip it was yep. awesome. It was one of the best. Fi- it was the best finish of the night by far of any match. And it, 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 it and again, you can save a match with how it finished, with how it finishes. Huh? And so this one, it wasn't anything to write home about, but it was a, it was a fine match with some decent spots, some real spots. It, it, it brought a physicality level that we did, hadn't really seen a lot in the show. Um, and then that finish was just awesome. That's it was fair. Awesome. That was a great spot. That so, was, I, I, that's all I really have to say about that match because the finish was awesome. That's fair enough. The only other thing I, I guess I'll chip in on this, the high, like the spot where he had him up on his back and tried to do something off the top rope and slipped. Mm-hmm. Obviously that's a botch. I don't really like that. Didn't bother me that much because that like, yeah, you know, it's a risky spot. Like when they sure. bungle those top rope spots occasionally and don't pretend that they didn't, that makes it feel a lot more authentic and risky when they actually hit their offense off the top rope. You know what I mean? True. So I didn't, 
I didn't hate that because even in kayfabe, you're like, well, yeah, it's really hard to do that. They can't hit it every single time. Like, I think that's a good level of believability. The, the finish was great. I just they've really butchered the Matt Riddle character here. Yes. And I think that kind of colored yes. my perception of this. Like they're two they big have. hosses who will really wail on one another. The finish was great, but it was hard for me to get super into this. Oh yeah. I, mean, uh, I wasn't into it really. It just a couple of, couple of shiny wanna, moments. If you want to move on to this next match, did I, I didn't watch ever, it. Did I, I missed this okay. match in its entirety. Um, I don't even okay. know who won. Like I missed the whole oh. thing from start to finish. Uh, so you're going to have to talk to me about the Nigerian <laughs> drum fight. So here's the thing. A Nigerian jump drum fight is just, it's not quite like a Yapapai Indian strap <laughs> match in terms of like, we're making this up as we go along. Oh, go check out that episode folks. Our, yeah. our episode on the Yapapai Indian strap. That's one of our more successful episodes. That, that one exploded. It's that was baffling. a lot of fun. That's, that's baffling. one of, that's one of the most fun I've ever had. That That's one of my favorite topics. It might be in my top 10 that I've done. Like that was so it, much fun. Oh, it, it, it got so much stupid. Like it was just one of those that just kept getting yeah. better as you went on. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, that promo alone, is, the, oh, that might incredible. be the greatest wrestling promo of all time. <laughs> like that, that and Scott Steiner's math promo might, might be the, the two greatest wrestling promos of all time. Yeah. Oh man! All of them. And there was so, multiple ones. It wasn't just one. Like we had like three right. of them, like from Hulk Hogan. It was great. And right so off the bat, one... he said the name wrong. And then they just had to bill it as that. Yep. <laughs> just awesome. About that part. So see, this wasn't quite that insane. But it was basically just like, uh, okay, hey, Apollo, Apollo Cruz is heel, and he's he's talking about his Nigerian heritage. So we're gonna have a, it like it it was a like Nigerian heritage themed street fight, but they couldn't call it that, so they just called it a right. Nigerian drum fight. But literally, like it was okay. I, I'm gonna I, I tell you what I would remember with drums. Like that would have been more fun. Yeah, you would think, right? Like, you know, they so, just grab like, a big bass drum and just whack each other on the head with it. So there's all this different stuff at ringside. The bell rings, and they both immediately, and this was actually pretty funny, they both immediately roll out of the ring, grab a kendo stick, run back into the ring, and just start wailing Harris, on Harris, I have a question another. real quick. Yeah. Um, why are yeah. there kendo sticks there in a drum fight? Drumsticks, I, I understand, but why are there kendo sticks? Because it's just a Black Panther street fight, Mark, but they couldn't call it that. <laughs> I don't know why. That's, that's what it was. It was just like a, hey, big beefy men slapping meat. They're both from Africa, and that's cool. So here we, you know, here Biggie we go. Biggie is using a gong. Okay, that, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. I yeah, approve. he smashed him with a gong at one point. I got to be honest with you. I just, this was another one that I kind of just kind of glazed over. It was like, oh, okay, it's basically a street fight. There's street fight rules. There were a few pretty fun spots kind of like that, like the kendo sticks and the gong and the drums. And then at the end, some guy who I didn't recognize came out, kicked the crap out of Big E, and then left him Ow. there for Apollo Crews to pin him. I'm sorry. I just saw Big E just spear Apollo Crews off the ring apron and went with him, and that looked very painful. Yeah. Ow. Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm doing these guys a disservice because they hit each Ooh. other pretty hard for six minutes, but it was just a weird thrown-together street fight that Apollo Crews won because somebody I don't know ran in and did outside interference on Big E. <laughs> so, like, fine. I mean, if they keep feuding, that'll be cool. I'll watch that. I don't... This 
what much of you know this was like a raw match this wasn't a wrestlemania match that yeah i can think of anything to write home about fair all right no, no we don't need to say anything more of that um uh all right let's see the guy who came in was Daba Dabakato. Do you know who that is? Should um, we know who that is? Uh, apparently, I'm reading a <laughs> recap of it, and apparently, it says this is on CBS Sports.com, and it says so. Dabakato ran in. The only knock here is that the announcers acted as though they've never they'd never seen Kato. Despite mm-hmm. him being a fixture on Raw Underground in 2020. Well, that nobody watched that. That doesn't count. And Obviously. someone selected in the draft. Yeah, so, neither of those things count. I I mean, I don't know who that is. So I'm with you, Harris. Again, I missed the match. So I don't know anyway. Um, Okay. So now we have the two main events. Uh, the Raw Women's Championship match. Asuka and Rhea Ripley. And um, so I had gone back at this point, so I watched this match all the way, and I thought this match was was fine. I enjoyed this match, uh, and I thought it was a good finish with Rhea Ripley um, getting getting the win. Like I didn't think it was anything necessarily like amazing, but I thought they they put on a solid match. Yeah, I it, I feel bad, especially after ranting about how great the first women's match was on night one. But like, yeah, it was, yeah, it was good, and like. They're both good, and their entrances yeah. are good, and their presence is good. I just, I don't, maybe this is me as an audience member flagging, you know, at this point in the show. Maybe I should go rewatch it, but I don't remember anything happening that was, like, particularly memorable or crazy. It was just. The main thing was there was a spot when they were, um, it was a really just smooth, it was a really well done spot where they were, like, on the ring apron, and then, like, outside the ring, and I'm trying to remember exactly what the spot was, but, like, Asuka was, like, up on the ring apron, and Rhea Ripley was outside the ring, and it was, like, a spot where Asuka, like, tried to kick her, and Rhea, like, swung her, like, onto her shoulders, and then, like, planted her face first on the ring apron. I don't remember exact, but it was, like, I remember watching and being, like, that was really well done. Like, they moved from one move to, like, they transitioned really well, and I was, like, that was... Yeah, there was several moments like that where this was just a well done wrestling match. Like they they work. You could tell these two they worked really well together. Their styles worked well together, and mm-hmm. uh, and it, but but again, I didn't really know what the stakes were with this match necessarily. Mm-hmm. It was real thrown together. Like yeah, and, and that was the case for a lot of matches on this card. But there are yeah. some like Cesaro and Seth Rollins where they can just inherently have some level of stakes and nuance that they haven't really addressed yeah. in the past, you know? And in this one, it was literally like, Hey, this was supposed to be Charlotte and she got COVID two weeks ago. So here's Rhea Ripley. And like, it was good. And then they gave her it the win, really which was even stranger. Um, right. Well, th- and I think that's the right call. Oh, I agree. Last year. I, I agree. So like even more so than Bianca Belair, you give me Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte. Like that's the rubber. I mean, that's obviously I the see. next, that's obviously yeah. the next thing. Um, and yeah. that's that has a built-in feud, and that'll probably be much better than this. Um, yeah, but it, but as far as just work rate, like it was a it was a real solid match that these two yeah, put on. Just for me, there were no stakes in it, so I didn't really care. But I enjoyed watching it. Um, yeah, that's 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 a good way of putting. But anyway, it. so it's fine. Um, <clears throat> so then we have the main event. Hang on, Mark. Hang on. I think you're forgetting something. I think you're forgetting. Um, 
There's somebody, I forget, I think they, no, you know what they did? They held the SmackDown women's title for the better part of a year. They weren't booked on the show. And then they got punked, not by a returning Ronda Rousey, not by a returning Becky Lynch, but by Brie and Nikki Bella, of all people, because we got to get that stupid Hall of Fame spot in. Mark, I know you don't care about this. But the maddest you've ever seen me was when Naomi stole the Battle <laughs> Royal win from Bailey at WrestleMania. <laughs> yes, the second maddest I've ever been in wrestling is when Bailey is interrupted by you can look but you can't touch. And we have to pretend for half a second that either of these women can touch Bailey. It's just, <laughs> oh, it's insulting. <laughs> and I know that like whoever, like Vince or whoever is like, I get it. Like the spot to like, you know, get killed by the returning celebrity or whatever is an honorable spot. Like when the rock comes out and kills the Wyatt family effortlessly, like they think that's a cool thing to give to the Wyatt family when they're booking that to happen. But my word alive, the idea that anyone would ever cheer Nikki and Brie Bella over Bailey is just insulting. (laughs) And I really, I I reveled in my righteous indignation when that happened. I really, really did. But I was like, man, we don't like literally. And she said it, she said it 10 seconds after I did. I was like, John Cena wouldn't even marry you, Nikki Bella, get out of here. And then Bailey was like, Nikki, I don't know if you know, but John Cena is not here. Like, I don't know what you're doing. And I was like, yes, perfect. Ah, so anyway, so I hated that. That was the worst yeah. thing that happened in either night. Uh, I agree, Horrible. but not for that reason. But uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie; I absolutely despise everything Bailey does. Like she's unwatchable for me. I'm sorry, uh, she's she's unwatchable. I I thought I thought Bailey was whatever, and even at the beginning of her heel thing, it was you know it was it was whatever. But it's it's gotten to a level where I have to I can't watch. It's it's unbearable. <laughs> One of my- it's unbearable. One of my friends tonight like saw her like earlier in the night when she was popping up on somebody backstage and they were like, what is she like half heel at this point? And I was like, no, dude, <laughs> she's like she's uber Karen. She's like yeah. 10,000 times past that point. Yeah, it's it's awful. It's one of the worst characters uh, I've ever seen. Um, but Harris likes it so great. Uh, I mean, right. it's the worst, but I like her and she deserved more on WrestleMania after the effort she put in this year. Look, when she moves on, like. If her next feud is with Bianca Belair in the SmackDown title picture, like that's what that's what I want to see. And then I'm not going to be that guy that like cheers for the heel if she's playing the heel. But like that's the caliber she needs to be on. Not getting punked by Brie and Nikki Bella who haven't wrestled in five years. Like right. that's either way. But sorry, I just couldn't let this episode close without getting a little bit of that little rant in there. But. Mark, okay, hang on. Sorry, real quick. Watch this main real, event? real quick, I just yep. saw the spot finally because I have the Rhea Ripley and Oscar match playing. Oscar went for a kick on Rhea Ripley on the outside, like from the apron, and like Rhea ducked it and then swung her on her shoulders, and then from there, like electric chair dropped her face onto the front of the ring. It just looked really good. But it's neither here nor cool. there. Just it was a cool spot. Um. Okay, yep. main event time. Universal title, the stupidest name of a belt ever, and uh, <laughs> Roman Reigns versus Edge and uh, Daniel Bryan <laughs> for the title. And Harris, I'm just going to preface this with this. I was fully ready to, to destroy my TV. I was fully <laughs> ready. I was ready because I'm re- I'm used to it at this point. I'm just ready for it. 
this stupid idiot Edge is going to win this dumb thing and ruin everything for me. Again, for like a fourth time in my life. It's already happened twice recently. He won the damn Rumble, and I was just ready. I was ready for some (laughs) stupid crap to happen and him to win this match. And thank goodness, Harris, exactly what I hoped would happen happened. And uh, Roman Reigns ended after beating the crap out of Edge and just laying his dead carcass over Daniel Bryan and pinning both of them. And I was fully satisfied, Harris. You have no idea. (laughs) I loved it. It was great. It was the match of the night. It was it was wonderful. Uh, the only the only problem is Edge. Unfortunately, they still had him hit his dumbass pansy pansy ass spears, and then poor Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns had to sell the damn things. And uh, but then then finally Roman Reigns hit an actual grown man spear, and uh, it put everything right. And and the the um, the, the smashing of Ed's uh, Edge's head in between the chairs was great too. Um, so yeah, all things considered, I was satisfied, and it 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 worked. It worked out. I enjoyed it. I'm gonna have to rewatch this and the main event of night one to figure out my match of the show between these two because both of these main events, like I think night one was really like an A tier wrestling show. I think night two was a lot of questionable decisions, but the main event here is one of the best like proper WrestleMania main events. Just flat out, I had a blast watching this match, Mark. And I was telling my friends, I was like, it feels just like 2014. Like they say, you know, like you look at something like Star Wars where George Lucas will say, well, like it's like poetry. It rhymes, right? To see Daniel Bryan trying to do the same thing again and getting himself put into a triple threat that like on paper in the eyes of like the management or whatever, he had no business being in. That's Great. And I love that. And to see Roman Reigns come first full circle and remain like the in kayfabe, at least like hated heel that nobody wants to see any like nobody wants anything to do with him. But he's so dominant. He's going to be in the main event. That's perfect. And to see Edge play the only like the best role he can play in WWE, which is the ultimate opportunist, this crazed man who you watch it and, you know, like, man. I think he might pull this off because makes he's one dumbass facial scumbag. expression. Can't wrestle for crap. Can't talk for crap. Has no character whatsoever. Looks See, stupid. Mark, I'm kind of I'm kind of doing a thing here, so I'm just going to need you to like just let me go, and then we can talk about how much you hate Edge because I know you do. Sorry. Some the the way somebody put it is it's it's Roman's in and out of kayfabe sense of like unstoppable force, right? It's like the new Cena. Roman wins lol. Versus Daniel Bryan's like real and also kayfabe sense of pure raw wrestling talent that you've seen him win the main event of WrestleMania at before with edges like if anybody is going to come wandering back into this company and steal a title win, it's going to be this guy like this was three men playing their role. Like the, the perfect role for them as performers and playing it to an absolute T. This was phenomenal, especially when you think about like in the case of Roman in particular, how badly they've botched his character over the years. Mm, yeah. All three of these people were hitting at the exact peak of what they should be. And it was just a work of art. It was just a slobber knocker. It wasn't like a 
technical classic. It wasn't right. supposed to be. No, no, and it, was it never wasn't be even. It, it wasn't even on the same level as either the triple threat from Mania twenty or thirty, Mm-mm, where it was like no. this sheer underdog energy. Every single one of the people in this match, you know, could walk out with the belt because you've seen them do it before. So it felt like a real clash of the titans in a way that like Daniel Bryan's first win at WrestleMania didn't. Because and I didn't get a chance to talk about this on the air, but like you knew Daniel Bryan can make Roman Reigns tap because I watched Fastlane and I saw him do it. Mark, I know you don't really <laughs> care about WWE, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, whenever you're like, oh, I should go back and rewatch, you need to rewatch that match because okay. that was one of the best like WWE matches that I've ever seen. Like we watch like NWA where you have Thunder Rosa and Camille and. Mm-hmm. Camille is this powerhouse that just can't be stopped. And Thunder Rosa is this submission machine who might not be as big or as strong, but she will tie this bigger, stronger woman in knots. And they're two great performers, but like the Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns match at Fastlane took that template for a match to its peak. And it was perfect. And Daniel Bryan made him tap out, but it didn't work because the ref was unconscious. And then Edge hit him with a chair because he's a scumbag. Right. But anyway. Yes, he is. So you know that like Daniel Bryan might be like, okay, I I get it. He's probably the underdog, but you know he can win. Yeah. Everyone in this match, I thought, knocked it out of the park. I thought a lot of the spots were really good. The concerto I love because – it's it's so clear like what they're actually doing in order to not kill the person right but it still looks looks absolutely devastating it does and then like it oh man just all of it was perfect the way all of these characters played their roles was perfect but the way roman reigns this head of the table roman reigns gets saved by one of his henchmen you know doesn't win clean but then has to take the trouble but to still add that wins extra dominantly. Exactly. Like they were exactly. able to pull both of those off. And exactly. And to do that and to take the trouble, not just to like, you know, like the, you see this a lot in triple threats when you want to make one person look strong, right? Like when Seth Rollins cashes in at WrestleMania 31, he hits. Brock with the curb stomp, kicks him out of the ring, hits Roman with the curb stomp, pins Roman. They don't do that here. They have Roman hit the concerto, drape Edge's dead body Mm -hmm. on top of Daniel Bryan and pin both of them because he has to prove that he's that much better than both of them. That was such a perfect character moment for this version of Roman Reigns while still like he still needed help to win. And Edge still got screwed. And Daniel Bryan, like, he can still get his way back into a match for the title. Like, he didn't really get the pinfall. But Roman can talk about how he pinned both of them. It was just perfect. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely perfect. Everything from the fact that they put... Because if it was just Edge and Roman, that level of depth doesn't exist. Because a lot of people like Edge. I don't really care about Edge. And a lot of people like you hate Edge. By putting Daniel Bryan in this match, they had all three of these guys playing their perfect, perfect roles. And the way they wrapped that match up was just absolutely perfect for each of them, for every single one of them. And, man, I don't know if they'll do it or not, but if you can give me Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns at SummerSlam, 
I would pay any amount of money to see that. I love where they are right now. I love what they're doing with Roman Reigns now, not just because I'm a Roman Reigns mark, but because they are really treating him exactly the way they should have been treating him all along. And it's a thrill to watch. This was a fantastic main event for a show that was pretty underwhelming on night two. This was a great close. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I, I had a lot of fun watching this match. I just, in the back of my mind, was just sitting here ready for them to do something stupid and have Edge right? this dumb match, which kept me on edge, eh, no pun intended, <laughs> the, whole, the whole time. But, uh, yeah, no, I was I was fully, fully, fully pleased with everything that transpired in this match, except for the selling of Edge's spears. That's the only, <laughs> only <laughs> knock. Everything else was good. Um, uh, yeah. I know, I know, I agree. The storytelling was great. They had all the elements there. Um, yeah, I mean, you pretty much already said everything. So, yeah, everyone played their role perfectly. Uh, triple threats are hard to make really good. Yeah. But when they are, when they're, they're amazing. So, it's one of those type of things. And this was, they were able to hit on all cylinders. You had an ending that was the best possible ending. Um, it was a WrestleMania finish. It felt like a big deal. It, yeah. it felt like the perfect conclusion to a, uh, you know, the big marquee match of the night and of the show. And, um, yeah, it was, it was great. It, it was nice that Roman Reigns kind of had an, his, an actual WrestleMania moment. I mean, even yeah. though he's been gifted, uh, like four already, nobody's given two craps other than Harris about any of them. So it's nice that he actually had one that felt earned and felt proper with what he's been doing. And it's like, okay, yeah, finally. Th- this is who this guy was supposed to be from the start. And if WWE and Vince weren't so stupid, then we could have had this Roman for the past like four years instead of, you know, that schlock that they kept giving him for so many years. So right. it was nice to see that come to fruition. And um, it was just, it was nice watching Real Spears again. And uh, watching Edge's <laughs> head get smashed between two chairs and then his dead body draped over Daniel Bryan was just that's one of my favorite visuals I've ever seen in my life, Harris. I was so pleased. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm the biggest Roman Reigns fan uh, in the world now. And uh, I'm with you on the Roman Reigns mark train. I'm, Dude, I'm in it's it. The thing about this is what I realized when me and my buddy Jake went to that SummerSlam where he won the title in Brooklyn. This is like the best thing about rooting for Roman Reigns is it's like rooting for the Patriots or rooting for the Yankees. Like you'll he'll probably pull it out more often than not. But no, like this is two things, two more things I want to say. Like one, Paul Heyman is just incredible. Oh, he's He's absolutely incredible. There were so many shots in this match where it's just WWE production. When it's bad, it's really annoying, but when it's good, it's a work of art. And yep. he's framed perfectly behind Roman, like losing his mind when Roman <laughs> is in the yes lock or something. Yeah. And it's not it's not so obnoxious that it takes away from what's happening in front of you in the ring. But if you know to look for it, it just accentuates perfectly. <laughs> it's literally happening a, right now as I'm watching it. That it's oh, that exact same spot. It's great. He's a genius, dude. He's so good. And he's the perfect he's like person. Just, he's crying. And it's great. Somebody pointed this out, but like it's absolutely true. He's he's the perfect person to have in Roman Reigns' corner. But for years, I was like, oh, I don't really want to see that because like we're seeing it with Brock. And I don't like 
I don't want to see that again. He manages Roman Reigns differently than yes. he manages Brock. Yes, because and he they're keeps different being people. able to do it. Did it with Punk, yes. and then did it with Brock, and then yeah. does it. Oh, like dude. he. It's because he's the best. He's the best. That's why Paul Heyman yeah. is the best. He's a genius, and Absolutely. he's brilliant, and it's awesome, and he improves everything he does on, on screen. Yeah, and the everything. only other thing I want to say is just to reiterate kind of what I've already said, but this is true. Like a few people who. I don't need to get your reaction because I know how you'll feel. But a few people are like, oh, you're going to bring Edge back from the Royal Rumble just to have it in like that? Yes, absolutely. Because this guy's whole thing is that he's the ultimate opportunist and he's going to come back when you least expect it and try to steal the title away. Just like like I said before, like Daniel Bryan's whole thing is that he's a scrapper and he's a technical wrestler and he's one of the best on the planet. And he will take any inch you give him and turn it into an opportunity to steal the title from you. And Roman Reigns is this dominant SOB who hates to be humiliated and will never, you know, stop kicking out. And the balance of all three of those was perfect. And like my friends and I were joking, we were like, oh, dude, Daniel Bryan's going to do it. He's going to choke out Edge, just like he choked out Batista, the part-timer, you know, at 30 all those years ago. Or Roman is going to pin Edge because he's the part-timer and he can take the pin. Like whatever's going to happen, Edge is about to eat this pin. The added detail, like it, it would have been fine if Roman hits that brutal concerto, pins Edge, and gets the win. That last little added detail is what made this main event so great that he stops and says, no, no, I have to pin both of them. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just arrogance. It was insecurity that makes him do that. And that's such a great little note in that character. And I'm so excited. I don't know who's going to beat him, dude, but it's going to be biblical when it happens. I, maybe it'll be Daniel Bryan, maybe it'll be someone else, but that's a great feeling to end on at WrestleMania when you're like, man, I don't know where they're going to go with that guy, but it's going to be exciting. That's yeah. the perfect note to end on. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It was a great finish. And uh, yeah, even though this, you know, the, the, the night was just kind of meh, it was, uh, <laughs> it, it, they yeah. ended with a bang. They ended Absolutely. with a bang. So I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yep. I, I need to get a I need to get a picture of Edge's dead carcass being dragged by Roman Reigns, <laughs> and that needs to be our new podcast photo. Because it was the, just uh, get it's, him a, it's a work of art. I, that's what I want. I want that framed like up in my mm. apartment. Just that shot of just Edge's lifeless body just being dragged across the ring by Roman Reigns. Oh, it was awesome. That's funny. It was awesome. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, man. that's it. It's one thirty in the morning. I kind of want to go to bed. You want to wrap this up? No. <laughs> we got anything else to say? I think that's it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would. I would say so. I'm watching Roman Reigns just uh, squash Edge's head between two chairs, and now there it is, Good. dragging the dead body right on top. Just oh, watch. Wonderful. Yeah, just watch that every day. Oh, I Start love it. Off. I love watching that. That was mm. awesome. That was awesome. All right. Yeah, that was uh, WrestleMania 37. That was WrestleMania 37. Finally back in front of a crowd. Much better than last year's terribleness. Oh, yeah. No, the crowd was fun, too. We didn't talk about that. But we did. Yeah, that, it was that's just great. nice having a crowd again. It's just it wrestling just does not work without a crowd. It just doesn't. I'm sorry. They can pump in whatever noise they want. They can put in TV screens, whatever they want. It just don't. It it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It it. Yeah. it <laughs> 
just doesn't. So that was uh, that was really nice to see. I'm glad it worked out. I'm glad it worked out for everyone that got to go. And uh, we'll see what happens. All right. But like you said, it's weird that they're like not doing this anymore. Like they're going back to the Thunderdome and it's like, right. that's just going to make, I mean, I don't watch it anyway, but that's just going to make it even more unbearable. I would feel like. Uh, yeah. I mean, presumably this. they'll start letting people in at some point. I don't like, get I it, man. Right Florida's now, open. I don't, I don't understand why they're still not doing that. Well, that's why I think I'm uh, like, they just kind of booked it in the Thunderdome for the next two months. And yeah. they look around and they're like, all right, we're going to start. Like I, I would be shocked. Like Money in the Bank is, I think, in, in May. Yeah, I would be shocked if there aren't people there for Money in the Bank. But we'll see. Yeah, we will. All right, and does it for this recap of WrestleMania. Uh, make sure and follow us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla. Also Instagram at behind underscore gorilla. Um, if we're good enough for David Arquette, we should be good enough for you. So, oh, that's good. Go ahead and uh, go ahead and do that. Um, yeah, that that's all I got, Harris. Any 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 final final words? Well, just on that note, this is officially the beginning of the latest campaign to get David Arquette in the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, didn't work out this year. No, you know we got to put other people in, and Cowards. you know they're all very good. But David Arquette deserves to be in it. Yes, he, he does. has given so much to the world of professional wrestling. Yes, and he deserves to be recognized for that by more than these two dorks on their wrestling yes, podcast. He does. So yes, he David does. Arquette hall of fame class of what is that? 2021, 20, 20, 2022, 20, this 20, is 2021. It, I thought this on. one was, no, I know that, but I could have sworn I saw them refer to this as the class. Oh, of did they? Oh, maybe, maybe they did. Maybe, maybe the they year. did. You know what I mean? It's WWE. So you wouldn't be shocked if that's how they do it either way. Maybe they we did. Got okay. About, yeah. I, whatever. We got a year. Let's get on it. We badgered him into being on our show. We can badger we him into the Hall of Fame too. And we will blocked. try. That's the motto, y'all. Yes, sir. With all of WWE's accounts. <laughs> that would be honestly, that would be incredible. I'm picturing like the social media team with a picture of like <laughs> you and I with a line through it on a bulletin board. They're like, none of them. Oh, none of man. them. Oh, that would be the, the dream, goal. man. Blocked by Edge and then blocked by all WWE accounts. I can't imagine be, anything better than that. That sounds amazing. That really funny. Edge is leading the meeting. He's like, I don't know what these guys' problem is. They're not nice people. We gotta <laughs> block them. Oh, that's it. That, that's it. Follow to block, man. We just need. I just need to set up like a uh, a repeating. I just need to go on tweet deck and just set up like a reoccurring scheduled tweet to happen every single day. I like certain times just for every single one of their accounts. Just David mm-hmm. Arquette in the Hall of Fame, you cowards. Just yeah. over and over and over. Oh man. That, we'll think of a, a we got a you know, we got some time. We'll we'll plan this out. We'll think of a hashtag or something. Yeah, we'll, we'll we, make it it'll happen. be it'll be a, a calculated uh, a calculated attack. It it, it will be. It'll it, it will be. <laughs> it's a good way of putting it. Oh, that, man, that'll be fun. We'll have to strategize. We'll have like the little uh, flags out and the big table and Absolutely. We'll, we'll go the full full war war room meeting for for this <laughs> this plan of attack of how to get David Arquette in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, put Absolutely. David in the put David Arquette in the Hall of Fame, you cowards. All right, uh, and on that note, that'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>